And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Hello and welcome to Down the Garden Path, where each week we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. So welcome to our show tonight. We are talking about terrariums. They are a fun and easy project you can do to add a dynamic living ecosystem to your indoor plant collection. Do you already have a terrarium? Tell us about it. Write us at downthegardenpathpodcast at hotmail.com. And don't forget to stick around for the end of the show for our new Stepping Stone segment, where we will answer more listener questions and give you timely tips for your gardens and landscapes. That is right. Terrariums, terrariums, terrariums. I know. And it's almost like artwork. So everybody's not just having a house plant, right? No. It's like artwork. You know, they, it, depending if you've got a really cool, interesting container, it could be a really nice piece of artwork in a room. Um, makes a great gift, I think. Um, even and a great activity for March break coming up. I was just going to say, yeah, the great activity just to kind of uh, do with the kids and get them into plants or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like you said, I definitely like I like the idea of artwork, right? Because it doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be an enclosed structure with a thing. You can get as fancy or as simple uh, yes. as you can, right? It can be just you know a stone mm-hmm. of plants. I've seen people where they they take um, things like uh, you know train decorations. You know, you build like little villages around like model trains and right. incorporate people and scale, and so yep. it can be elaborate or just simple and that's enjoyable right. I think even um the fairy garden stuff like it would almost yeah. look cuter in in something like that then because in outside I always kind of found that like they get kind of lost outside you know so I think you could really have have fun with that so we can talk about the different um kind of containers right there's open container or a closed container or do they have to be glass they usually are glass. They don't have to be glass. They could be plastic or, mm-hmm. or plexiglass or something like that. But glass is definitely the easiest to visually see through to get uh, to look at the plants and get the most right. out of them. Out yeah. of that view. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. Makes so sense. you can definitely use something like an old vase or, um, you know, you could have a large mason jar. I mm-hmm. think of like a very big one that has, yeah. uh, you know, Maybe those old have... olive or pickle jars, right? Those big ones. That's that exactly sure, what like, it is. All our grandparents have, or all our parents have somewhere that they've got nails in it or something like that, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Or you can go to like HomeSense and, and find like a really interesting glass. Um, they've got a lot of lidded, like something that's very, maybe much more, or even Value Village, to be honest, like a, a used store. Um, for listeners who don't know who Valley Village is, but like Goodwill, yeah. you know, um, that kind of thing where um, you can reuse something that has, you know, it's glass and, and they might be like an interesting, more ornate kind of shape. But sometimes they have like a candy dish even, like they have a lid. 
um, yeah. or not. You don't have to have a lid. So there's kind of like an open terrarium and a closed terrarium. Um, and I was showing you that I had made one. I had this covered vase and it's quite large. I should measure it. Um, that I just did not know what to do with for years. And I literally had it filled with corks from our wine. Like that was like the, just like the, where, <laughs> when we finished wine, that's where the corks went. So it was kind of a waste. So it, we did a little dining room renovation and I made a terrarium and now this large vase sits on top of the hutch and it, it just really looks nice. I think. Um, yeah. So I'm, I was, you know, I was excited that we were going to talk about it too, because uh, I just made one. <laughs> and you just made one. Yes. And it That's looked right. beautiful. I remember you sending me the pictures. So yeah. Um, so I'll put those pictures on our Facebook group for anybody who wants to go take a listen. I, I did see some videos and stuff, but um, yeah. So it's a good place to to go have a peek at what I accomplished there. What is a terrarium? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't built a terrarium or you don't know about terrariums, you know, a terrarium is basically a closed uh, or open, like Joanne was saying, ecosystem, a grouping of plants uh, that we arrange decoratively. And the idea is that it's somewhat self-sustaining or minimal inputs. And it kind of creates just that point of visual interest. So you said there are closed terrariums. And mm -hmm. then there are open terrariums. So closed terrariums, I think, like you were saying, it has a lid. Open terrariums can be almost anything um, as far as a terrarium. So it can be a glass jar. Uh, again, usually something that we can see through. We can see the mm -hmm. layers of soil, little details within the jar. But it is open to allow air circulation and gases to escape and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like a fishbowl would be a great, like an but, open one. Think of like a fishbowl or some of those vases that, um, you know, again, they're kind of an odd shape, um, but yeah. uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're like a half bowl. Cause I think having an opening is good, but it doesn't have to be like a fish tank where it's the whole thing is open at the top, right? Sometimes it's just like a smaller opening contain compared to the container. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it can just be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And they're popular because they need uh, less watering, less love. Like they're kind of like a little rainforest. Aren't we kind of creating a, like a little rainforest? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, mm -hmm. there's that kind of closed ecosystem. It's yeah. got its own moisture. It's got its own everything all kind of trapped inside. So mm -hmm. reducing the watering and yeah. And as you pick your container or jar, um, Joanne, you had a, a pretty good size one for sure. It can be a very small something. So if you have a very small space, you know, it can be just, you know, two or three small plants, uh, closed or open ecosystem, or you could get even larger. You could have, you know, a small aquarium size terrarium, aquarium right. terrarium um, that you can grow in as well. So it really kind of comes down to how much time and effort you want to mm -hmm. put into it or how elaborate you yeah. want to make it because they can really be uh, various sizes. It's up to you, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the cool thing is that sometimes people have, like me, have something unique laying around the house and they don't know what to do with it. And this is a great, right? Because I'm trying to think of what are those other little glass houses that lid it, like the lid? Um, I can't think of the name. It'll come to you. Do you know what it I mean? It will come to me. I, yeah, I always picture... Um, I know. Yeah, like like those glass, almost like English terrariums. Yeah. It's like the panes of glass. Is that what you're Yes, thinking? panes of glass and it's like a little roof and like one side of the roof flaps open and stuff. Something like that. Or like I said, a fit like, you know, you maybe you haven't had a pet fish for years, but you've kept that fish bowl just cause, you know, or you know, so I feel like that's 
that's the cool thing about a terrarium is that you don't necessarily have to go out and get a container. I bet most of us have like a cool, unique, again, whether it's large or small, like I said, the mason jar or, or something that, you know, you, where you like, you have something that's like, okay, this is kind of cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'm going to keep it hanging around. Yes. Agreed. And I think yeah. as plant people, we all have a handful of <laughs> yes, <laughs> pots and jars and yeah, things, things like that. Yeah, for sure. for sure. So what else do we need for a terrarium? Well, we've got our container or we've picked our, our jar. We know it's going to be sealed or unsealed. But like all of our other plants in our pots, we're going to have to pick some soil or some sort of uh, medium or potting mix to plant them in. So there's a few different things that you can do. Um, obviously, we're planting live plants. So we're going to have some sort of soilless media we need. So it can be just something simple, like your classic potting mix mix that you pick up at your local garden center. But again, depending on the plants that you choose, which we'll get into shortly, uh, you know, we may choose a different growing media or we might amend that media. Uh, you know, if we need something with a higher moisture retentiveness, we might add a little bit more organic matter in there. Or if we need a little bit of extra drainage, uh, you know, we might add a little bit of sand or perlite or something to it to that effect. Right. Usually we'll see um, as well the soilless media, again, like the, what plants we choose. So if we're going to choose cactuses and things, probably going to do an open uh, terrarium versus a closed terrarium. So, I mean, the plant type itself will choose that that yes. soil as well yeah and probably more of a sand base than a soil base right yeah something very much like an african violet soil or a mm -hmm. cactus soil with a little mm -hmm. bit of that organic matter mixed in there too mm -hmm. um one of the things that a lot of people talk about with our uh, terrariums is activated charcoal Mm -hmm. So it's charcoal that's treated under extremely high pressure. I believe they also, um, I, th I think it's an oxygen starved environment. I think there's a process as well uh, where they use uh, some oxygen to increase the porosity. So activated charcoal is basically just charcoal that has a lot more porous structure to it. What it will do is it will help bind um, toxins and molds and funguses and mm -hmm. act as a breeding places for beneficial bacteria and other things within the soil. So I see um, one of our first questions here is from uh, Edward. Mm -hmm. Edward writes in, hi, Matt and Joanne. Maybe this is a silly question, but here goes. Do terrariums smell good or bad? Thank you for your answer. So they should just kind of smell like, you know, earthy, nice, mm -hmm. moist, potting soil, some kind of green, um, and a little bit of moisture in the air. I kind of think of like a spring day. Uh, where it's right, just a nice yes, or after earthy. it's rained or something, right? Yeah, that petrichor, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Edward, you can get, and that's a good smell, but you can get some bad smells. So like we said, it's kind of that rainforest or closed ecosystem. So as our terrariums evolve and grow, our plants are living things. They're going to drop some leaves. Mm -hmm. They're going to release gases. They are going to have some things breaking down. Some organic matter, depending on what's in your terrarium, uh, will start to be acted on and break down and release some things. But you also have water that you're going to be adding as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So charcoal is generally added in there to help with that smell. Okay, yes. 
Yes, and it kind of getting to that. Sorry, that's what I was gonna say. I thought that was what the charcoal, one of the things, the charcoal was for. So yes, right. So bonding those weird smells, those weird gases, Mm -hmm. those methanes, but also toxins. So chlorine or fluorides in our tap water is a toxin to our terrarium environment. So it'll help bond on some of those sites. Again, remember, like a charcoal is super, super. You know, a piece of card charcoal, if you picture it, it's just a small stone, but then all the pores that are within that stone, you know, it opens up to the size of, mm-hmm. you know, a small office space kind of thing per thing. Um, so there's lots of space to trap all those toxins and smells and other weird things, for sure. Okay. So charcoal is one of those things. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a lot of it, right? Like I did, or we'll talk about how we build it, right? We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll talk about about how how we build it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, is it one of those necessary components though? As that we need, like we need soil. Uh, there are a lot of benefits to the charcoal. So mm-hmm. generally, yes. But we do have to keep in mind, much like the activated charcoal we use in aquariums, eventually all those pore spaces will be filled, and then it is useless. So it does have a shelf life. Um, you know, aquariums usually month, month and a half, you're going to change out your, your charcoal filter if you have charcoal in your filter because you have such a volume of water passing through it and it's a lot right. more bioactive than a terrarium. So it'll last much longer than your month and a half, you know, maybe six mm-hmm. to eight months or more. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it doesn't last forever is where I'm going with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. So eventually it will stop working. Okay. But it, yeah, but I think it is an important part. And especially um, for like our listener, Ed, like if you're concerned about um, a smell um, in a closed, well, even an op- a closed one that you have to take the lid off, right? Or, or an open one, um, that, that that's one of the things that the activated charcoal helps with. And it tends to be the one thing that you might have to run out and get. Like a lot of these things you might already have. If you're a gardener, if you have house plants, you might already have the soil and the, the rocks and the moss and even the plants maybe, right? But it's usually nobody's got like activated charcoal laying around. You've got to go to the, and you usually have to ask because they actually are in small bags. Um, so I know I like walked up and down the aisles and looked everywhere I thought it would be. And I finally had to ask and it was like in a bin underneath the, underneath the table <laughs> the orchids were in, you know, on kind of thing. It wasn't super, cause I think it's a really specific thing. Yeah. They usually they'll have, like you said, like the orchids, right. They'll have, it with some orchids and they don't have overly large bags of it or even if they do sometimes it is just another one of those growing medias and it may not necessarily be uh, activated charcoal as well right Right. yeah so if you do need just a little bit uh again i i think of always the aquarium store your local aquarium store oh i never even Um, thought of that to be honest yeah because they're using it in their filters so you can usually know that it's activated from there and they may have maybe a little pricier versus a garden center um, yeah. or online but they usually will have some for their their filter material mm-hmm. there yeah so okay. activated charcoal uh, fun and necessity to help keep the toxins and the and the gases away for sure that's right that's right now you mentioned can we just go back to soil for a second i think you mentioned soilless can it be potting soil too you could you okay. could that's yes, but because <laughs> that's yeah. what I use. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Usually, you just have, um, you know, our normal soil. So soil versus soilless. Soilless just means there's no sand, silt, or clay as okay. part of it, right? Okay. So, but usually the sand uh, and the silt and the clay are are heavier. They clump together. Mm-hmm. It's not as porous or as light. As, right. 
the tropical plants have in further in the south have a different soil than we do here um, in the north or our normal growing soil. Right. Okay. So kind of like our house plants, it's just a little heavier. It might slow them down. They might adapt. Yeah. But yeah, soil is usually again, and it's lightweight. So you can put it on a okay. shelf. You have all those extra added ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess I just visualize soilless, and I don't know if our listeners agree too, like looking a little different. But yes, okay. Yeah, like yeah. our regular potting mix is is generally soilless. Yes. Okay. However, like we were saying before, we might have some sand in there to add some uh, spaces or some perlite. Usually, is bigger right. than sand, but does the same thing. So, okay. Yeah, we might not be true soilless because there's sand in there, but. It's just that kind of lighter mix. And that soilless medium might be just your regular potting mix. But I mean, you could use things like, you know, rock wool and other mediums that yeah. play balls, things like yeah. that. And that's kind of why they have uh, so many different, you, you know, you can't just go to a store anymore and buy potting. So especially at garden center or a plant store, you know, they've got like the African violets. Uh, uh, soil and they've got the um, succulent soil or the cactus soil and then they've got the seed starting soil but real and really you're kind of like okay what is the difference right and I and sometimes I think it's all the same soil just in different bags but but you're right that there would be let's say more sand in the succulent and cactus soil and something else more in the in the um, um, oh my goodness in the like the normal potting mix or yeah, yeah, they're all going to have like different components, or the African violet soil. Yeah, I might still have some organic matter, but. African violet soil. That's like, boom, the African violet soil ran out of my head. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. So, the other uh, thing so, yeah. a lot of people do to add to our soil or our growing media is they add some stones to the bottom of the, the thing. And that is generally more of a decorative consideration than a necessary consideration. So we have this myth where we add gravel to the bottom of a house plant because then it helps it drain. And we have that capillary rise, that water that's held against gravity in the final, finer particulates of the soil. So it won't move from such a large porous space to from a small porous space unless you really flood it. And at, at that point we're kind of in in trouble uh so basically just if you're going to add some gravel know it's more decorative than it is drainage because that finer particles in the soilless mix will still hold that moisture and all you're really doing is making that soilless mix more shallow and you're rising that saturation zone so if you think of your normal house plants right that bottom couple of inches always stay moist that's that capillary rise, that water held against gravity. If you put mm -hmm. stones underneath it, it just raises it closer to the crown of the roots of the plant. So add that little bit of extra soil, but choosing your right soil and having your charcoal maybe there instead of your decorative soil is a better idea. Or you could, again, you could do, you could do both. You mm -hmm. could have a nice cool band of a cool colored gravel or bonsai soil just to add together another aesthetic uh, layer to it. That's right. Yeah. I just want to go back to the lid uh, situation too, in yes. that you can create, so if you have an interesting container and you want it to be closed, but it doesn't have a lid, then you can do like, sometimes you can get one of those, um, like a cork, uh, like find like a cork trivet or a cork. Yeah. Um, and you can make that into a, a lid. And I saw this at one of our garden club meetings. Um, she actually used saran wrap. And, yeah. and she just, you know, put it on really tight on the top of the jar 
and like overlapped it a little bit and then literally took like an exacto knife very carefully so it didn't look messy it looked like it looked it was like amazing actually how how neat it looked like you had to really look at it twice um really you know and she just said this is just you know a simple way to kind of do that so that's something that just came to me and i, and I just found uh, that picture and uh, so i want to let our listeners know because sometimes you might maybe the lid is broken or chipped or something and and mm. you just you want to still be able to use it so i think you can uh, kind of think outside the box as far as lids go yeah, definitely. That's a great idea. Yeah, you're you're right. I as you say that, you see those big cork trivets or like toppers. Yeah. That, or stoppers. Yeah. Coasters, like you know what I mean? Coasters, like depending yeah. on the side of the jar, you know, the size or because you can even use an exacto knife to cut, like even if you had a square trivet, cork trivet, you could probably cut that to be the size you need it to be for your because uh, it I mean it has to have a kind of a tight fit, but it doesn't have to be like super like because even my glass one, like it's not a it's not like sealed like the saran wrap would be sealed, right? It's still loose. Yes. Yeah, you can you can seal seal them. Yes. Um, and like permanently permanently seal them. But yeah, generally we always have a little bit of loose. There's a little bit of gas exchange. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Especially in one that's maybe not as biodynamic. Um, you know, because CO2 is still a nutrient that right. plants need, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. As you were saying about, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say we've got some great listener questions. So, yeah, so uh, that's where uh, I going to jump with Lenny. Yeah, okay, good. Um, yeah, Len, so Lenny's written in High Garden Path. I had to write again again tonight. What a topic. Uh, I was just taking my 11-year-old daughter to do this. Can we use an old fishbowl? Uh, it is glass. Any tips on what to do with it? So, yeah, Lenny, you can definitely uh, yeah. do it if you and I was just I was thinking about the fishbowl and then the lid was mm -hmm. if you wanted to do it closed, you could make that cool decorative lid to fit your terrarium. If you wanted to do a closed one or mm -hmm. if you wanted to do an open terrarium, you could do that that as well. But a fishbowl is, like you said earlier, a great idea. That's right. And we're just going to go over you asking about the tips and we're just going to go over all those tips. So just stay tuned, Lenny, yes. and, and we will explain to you. They're very easy. And I hope your daughter can listen, too, because they're pretty easy. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a great idea for especially for March break coming up. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. And I thought of, too, her daughter doing if you were to make your own lid. Um, you know, you could paint your lid or draw on it or, mm -hmm. you know, make it more decorative as well. You know, mm -hmm. paint butterflies on it or it could also be an art project unto itself that's right and i've seen one where they used three fish bowls and they stacked them so then that oh. meant like the first the like you know the bottom two had a lid because it was the one on top and then you so if you really and so i think that's cool because it doesn't take up that much more space right it's just kind of uh, a vertical space and uh so and you could have uh, you know experiment with different plants and have let's say the sand so the one i saw that the open one was had more of the sand and rock and succulents and then the other two were covered so yeah Ooh. I know because cool. my son has a fishbowl one um, that I made many moons ago at a, a garden club meeting and he took it over and uh, and I've said, you know, we can get more and we can stack it. And he just looked at me. He's like, no, this is like, one. you know, he's keeping the two <laughs> plants that are alive in it alive and he's happy with that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this so is that's good, good enough, mom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So Monica has asked us a great question as well. So hello again to my favorite gardening show. The leaves are touching the glass in my terrarium. Oh, we're so excited that you have a terrarium. And they are starting to turn a brown color. Any ideas what to do? Thanks. Matt. Yeah, this is maybe where, um, if it is uh, openable, again, Monica, maybe, or Monique, sorry, if we have it uh, closed, if you can open it, 
might just be again a, a matter of just going in and doing a little bit of maintenance. You can just prune off that leaf. It's basically it's touched the side and there's moisture that's trapped in between the glass and the leaf. So the leaf isn't exchanging gas, it's staying wet and it's starting to rot and other things are are taking just over. Snip it off, right? Basically just snipping it off and removing it so it doesn't break down and encourage more, you know, release ethylene and do all that kind of stuff within the terrarium. Uh, and it should be okay. You can, again, you could wipe that area just in case there is a little bit of fuzz or uh, some botrytis or some mold there. Uh, you know, just a little Q-tip and some rubbing alcohol and just kind of rub the glass gently or and disinfect it and wipe it off uh, if, as best you can, basically. Yeah. I'm not, not sure, Monique, how big your terrarium is or isn't. Uh, so it might be harder or not harder to do. So yeah. yeah. Getting our brown leaves and things falling, dying flowers, little pieces that don't quite make it, that's going to be a natural progression for our terrarium. And that's okay. kind of where some of that little bit of maintenance um, comes in where we might remove it. But like the dying flowers, you can leave, right? They're just going to drop. They're going to drop. Do you want right. to help them drop? Like, because I did put a, I put a, I know we'll get to plants shortly, but I did put a, one of the mini orchids in mine. So I wondered yes. about that. I'm like, well, I wonder what's going to happen when those, but I thought I'll cross that bridge. But well, and yeah, and that'll come down to like how biodynamic your terrarium mm -hmm. is. Because I think traditionally we just kind of, you know, potting mix, uh, some charcoal, some gravel, and we leave it, and there's nothing really living in there, right? Because our, our soilless mix are generally treated so they don't have weed seeds and pests oh, okay. and diseases in them. So we're missing that microbial life that break things down. Mm. So you can add um, different things like springtails and arthropods and millipedes to make it very much more biodynamic. Yeah, so Dylan asked me about that. Yeah, his is definitely broken down. Like his has got his is to be honest, his is gross. But you know, he's <laughs> fine with it. But you know, he just thinks it's still kind of cool. And he did ask about did I put any what did you call them? The little spring tails? The little spring tails? Yeah. Yes. And I said, I said no, I didn't. But I said, like, I don't know. Do we like when we find a spider in the house, are we supposed to put that in or you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we can get, we can de do a deeper dive on that as well. But uh, um, yeah. So uh, Monica, I know we had Monique and now we have Monica. Very good coincidence. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Monica is asking about pets. Uh, hello to Joe and Matt. My cat gets into everything. Are these safe for cats if she eats it? Um, I'd say that, you know, a lidded one would be the best option there, right? Because that's yeah. perfect, Monica. Yeah, the cats aren't going to be able to break into the lid unless you kind of leave it open, in which case mm -hmm. they probably will smell it, and then they'll try to investigate it. Yeah. Um, they might investigate it again, but then again, uh, coming down to like, are the placement, is it out where the cats can get it? Is it in a window where it's a highlighted one, or is it a low light plant one? Yeah. Um, yeah. My but experience with cats is the cats will get there, like jump up and... Right. And stuff. So but I think if it's yeah, if it's sealed with a good lid or even like the big mason jars, Monica, right. where they're, you know, we can barely get into them, you know, as you know, yeah, they won't <laughs> smell it and be attracted to it yes. and, and get mm -hmm. into it. And then but if you do use an open one, then yeah, you just want to make sure that if they do get into everything, those plants aren't toxic if they decide to, you mm -hmm. know, paw one out and start eating it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But it could be a good way if you have if you struggle with being able to have plants around the house. Um, because of the cats and then a terrarium might be the answer. Like you really could have fun with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I hope you give it a try and let us know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Maybe. So Hank has written in too, and he says, hello again. 
to Joanne and Matt, I'm thinking of turning my old aquarium with a light hood into a terrarium and putting it in my living room with no windows nearby. Our old aquarium is good for this purpose. How much light do I need for proper growth? And would the light hood work? Thanks. Yeah, you could definitely use your old aquarium with a light hood. So the light hood, um, I would assume it's like with the aquarium where they have that full spectrum light or the, with the reds and blues uh, to do the, with the aquarium, you know, penetrate through the water and get those those plants are at the bottom. So you could definitely uh, do that as well. And then again, seal it or close it or have it as more of an open terrarium uh, type thing. And then you're going to be able to, Hank, have much bigger plants uh, different size plants. Mm -hmm. You might be able to add a pet or propagate some stuff, which you're moving into like um, uh, a vivarium where you have other things, other uses beyond just kind of a closed ecosystem. So, but yeah, you could definitely, definitely uh, do that. And the hood, the lighted hood that came where you bought for the old aquarium should should work as well. Because again, you're usually full spectrum because the plants need that light in the water as well as, mm -hmm. as above the ground. So yeah, um, yeah. Again, think, how much will, oh, go ahead. I think that's a big advantage of have, of, of that, uh, uh, Hank, is that you can have bigger plants because that, you yeah. know, that is the restriction, right? And I know I share in my little video where in my mind's eye, that container I had was very big and the plants I bought were going to fit. And then in, in reality, not so much. <laughs> so I <laughs> literally had to go back to the store and buy smaller plants. So I think um, you have the, you have the uh, advantage there of really being able to mix it up and like have like understory, like you can make your own little, I'm almost jealous now, can make your <laughs> own little like uh, rainforest in the sense, right? You can have like the low yeah. understory plants and a couple of the bigger plants and you could definitely have fun with it so please if you do do something we'd love to have a picture you can post it in our facebook group that would be great that's right as we hit the bottom of the hour just a quick thank you for joining us here live on reality radio 101 i'm matthew dressing here with my co-host and co-author joanne shaw and you're listening to down the garden path joanne and i enjoy hosting down the garden path each week bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. Like tonight, we're talking all about terrariums and creating and caring for terrariums, a great project for those of you who might have kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews like me who have a March break and are looking for a project. Every episode, we learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show. Like Joanna said, don't forget to spend more time with us down the garden path. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Down the Garden Path Podcast is our handle there. As well as, I'm sure we'll talk more about it at the end of the show as well, at Down the Garden Path Podcast is also our uh, handle there. You can find past episodes and current episodes on YouTube as well as support the podcast on Patreon. <clears throat> so yeah, you can find lots of your favorite podcast uh, episodes of Down the Garden Path on all of the major podcast provider. While you're there, hit that subscribe button to be notified of content. Don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We love hearing from you. And tonight uh, is just, we've got lots of amazing questions. So thank you, everybody, because you can always write us here at Down the Garden Path Podcast at hotmail.com. Don't forget to check out our websites as well. You can find Joanne at www.down2earth.ca and myself at www.naturalaffinity.ca. 
so yeah, there are lots of plants that you can you can be using. Um, and again, it's the size comes down to what size terrarium you you end up having. That's right. That's right. And Francis wrote in, and sh uh, they said that it's a very interesting. Good luck. So that's great. And Wayne um, is asking about a moss terrarium. Hi, gar uh, Garden Path Show. Are there any benefits to a moss terrarium? Thank you. Mosses are are wonderful to grow, and that is like a whole subject by themselves. That whole, its own show. <laughs> that could almost be its own show. But <clears throat> mosses are easy because you have like sheet mosses that just kind of grow and take over. You can get things like your frosty fern, uh, which is kind of like a club moss that you can grow as a terrestrialized plant, or you could use kind of like your bunch moss where you can, you know, grab little clumps of moss that you see outside. And there's lots of different types that you can buy online, whether you're in the States or Canada uh, or anywhere in the world. Usually an Etsy shop has some different mosses for mm -hmm. you to pick up in different color. There's like pink sphagnum mosses. So they're great. Um, they basically, they enjoy humidity. They, they add some surface area, another place uh, to exchange gases and just kind of very much more aesthetic. Mm -hmm. They will eat nutrients. They're not changing the soil or, you know, producing extra oxygen or CO2 or anything like that as far as, you know, benefiting um, the moss terrarium, but they're just super decorative and you can create yeah. so many interesting miniature scenes like rolling hills of Scotland or, you know, beautiful bonsai kind of aesthetic mm -hmm. as well so yeah. yeah and that's where I thought of like with the fairy gardens or you oh, mentioned garden. like the little exactly. lego like you know and stuff but oh, I do lego. feel like moss is definitely like can be an understory plant in in the terrarium as well right right so you don't have to have exposed soil or you know stone on the soil you know just a little bit of sheet moss or club moss or bunch mm -hmm. moss just poking around and you can rip it into little pieces and set it into little crevices and crack cavities so really can make a nice understory or or ground cover plant really mm -hmm. and then accentuate the other colors and textures of the the bigger plants around it for sure mm -hmm. so yeah thank you very much wayne for your question yeah uh, Kelly writes in, interesting show tonight, Garden Path. Should we hang our terrariums? Thank you. And yeah, you could yeah. definitely hang it, Kelly. I uh, quickly, my mind jumps to like a macrame hanger. Me too, yeah, you know, with macrame a hanger. Big fishbowl that, uh, that there is in there or a cool mason jar to create an interesting shape. Mm -hmm. You could definitely hang your terrariums. Just remember, we're going to have some added weight from uh, the charcoal and the glass and a little bit more volume of soil. So just make sure whether you ever you do hang it on that uh, the hook as well as, you know, your ceiling or your wall, whatever you're hanging it off of can actually support that. Because okay. that would be most unfortunate if it fell and broke. Yes, yes. And there's some meat, so <laughs> even if you don't like the idea of macrame, but there are some cool, I've, I looked on Pinterest and they show you how to hang, like create just more of a simple hanger for with string or rope or, you know, to make for your, your container. So that's something to check out. Um, so why don't we talk about this? I know we've got some more questions, but why don't we, because um, I think everybody's dying to know the steps, Matt. <sighs> so what do we, let's say... Well, pretty much they're almost the same, right? For the closed and the open? Yes. yes. So and what is the first thing we put in the jar? And it's, yeah, it's pretty simple. We are going to start with our decorative gravel if we're going to do our decorative gravel. Um, or we're going to go right into things like our uh, charcoal. 
so we can put that right in the bottom. I have seen though people mix charcoal into their soil, so it doesn't have to necessarily just be um, a layer of charcoal. You can mix in your charcoal to your soil, kind of a two-part soil to two parts uh, charcoal, mix that all together and place that in the bottom as well. So if you okay. do want to do a decorative layer, start with your bottom layer that is, is decorative or visual, or again, that layer of charcoal, and then we're going to put it into, put our uh, topsoil or our soil as a mix, our next growing media in there next. I have seen some terrariums where they have taller containers, again, mm -hmm. where they can decoratively layer, right? You, yes. Yeah. Right. So you have a very tall fluted, you might have like eight inches of layered sand and charcoal. And so this has a very yeah. like visual component to it as well. Yeah. Um, and you can even do the, like even the size of the rocks, like you, if right. you were doing, let's say the, the larger shiny rocks, and then you do the smaller, you know, rocks and like, you can kind of definitely, cause you can make um, the emphasis even beyond that too. Like yep. you said, if it's a really tall container, um, you know, you can really make that look interesting by the layers before you even get to the plants. So, um, so yeah. And I think some of it is what, what type of plants you're going to put in too, if it is going to be succulents and maybe there's sand and then rock and, and, you know, that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, so, but it's definitely a layered approach. And I, I did that with mine. I, I did do the rocks and then I did layer the charcoal and then I did do the, the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the soil is, as we get to the soil part, it depends on then, are you having an open terrarium or, or closed terrarium? To a point, you can have open and closed terrariums with just a regular soilless mix, but mm -hmm. it comes down to the plants. So more of our vegetative, our leafy tropicals, they will tolerate that high humidity, tropical kind of environment of a closed terrarium better than things like our succulents and our cacti. Uh, they like it a little bit more air circulation, a little drier. You don't need that high level of moisture. So you get a little bit of ease there. So, but again, they could, you could have a leafy one that is open mm -hmm. uh, or you could have a leafy one that is closed. You don't want to have a succulent one or a cacti one that is closed. closed because they won't tolerate that humidity and molds and mildews and rot will take over quicker uh, right. and ultimately knock them out. Yes. So then after I did my, so I did my soilless mix and then kind of laid out my plants and that was harder than I thought it was. It really was. And I think the key there too, is to make sure, let's say you're using three and that's, even though I thought my container could hold more or bigger ones, I ended up with three, but I think the key is to make the, look at the leaves and the foliage. So when you're picking plants, check out the foliage that all three are slightly different, yeah. you know? So I went with like a taller uh, peperomia that is a little taller, kind of like more like succulent leaves. And I went with a tiny fern and I went with my uh, mini orchid that I already owned because I was like, okay, I, can't, I didn't pick up the right thing. And so, um, and uh, I didn't want them touching the glass yet. So I felt like that was kind of a nice little mix. Um, so yeah, so I think that's something to pay attention to. And then I did some sphagnum moss on top of that, like to right. just cover up the soil. Yeah, kind and, of like a mulch layer. Yeah, and and then I did add no, sorry, I did I broke up because the the pot was too big of um um oh, I can't think of the moss now, but I end up splitting the pot and okay. putting it on two sides and you know which is something you can do. You can be rougher with those root plant roots than you think, but just added almost like it's like the turf or you know at, at the base of the plant. So I mixed in the sphagnum and then I also had because it was a, also a different shade of green. So 
recommendations, make sure you're mixing up the foliage texture as well as color like some were dark green some were you know a bit more of the yellow that type of thing i think that makes for a successful uh, and interesting container agreed much like our landscape right when we're designing outside mm -hmm. we're gonna have foliage textures shapes form colors exactly yeah, no, that's excellent. Uh, I was trying to think of that little moss. I was trying to remember your your terrarium and the little, I know. Um, Me too. The little moss, but I, I think I forget what it is. Yes, that's okay. I will. I think I kept the tags, but uh, yeah. I, but again, I'll have pictures in on the on the, our Facebook group. Um, and I think you can have fun. There are some plants like the pink polka dot plant. I always look at that plant. It looks so odd and 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 so tender, right? Um, but at, apparently it does great in closed terrarium. So I, I'm like, I'm just noticing that now on the list. Oh, look at you. What is that? Is that it? No, that's yeah. the shamrock. Or is that the shamrock? No, oh. that's, uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's my so big uh, polka dot plant. It's like a two by two shrub naturally. Yes. Um, so I've let it grow. But yeah, they make a wonderful terrarium plant. Yeah. Um, so does the nerve plant with the, the uh, colored ver uh, venation in it. And they stay nice and low in smaller leaves. And uh, if left to grow, like I just showed Joanne mine, yeah. it, it can get very big, 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 but they make a yeah. wonderful plant. And uh, the peperom peperomias, am I saying it right? Peperomias? Yeah. Um, they are very, lots of variety there. And I think it's kind of a name that will stick with you because I don't know about you, I think about a pepperoni pizza, but anyway, That's exactly it's not, it's not exactly the same word, but it's close. Um, so if you go to a garden center or a nursery, um, they come in variegated, they come in um, burgundy, they come in like a, a like almost reminded me of um, uh, the caramel uh, uh, euchre yeah. in that current kind of a caramel color. They come with spots and dots on them. They're very interesting. So you could almost just get three of those and they yeah. would be three different ones that would work really well. And uh, yeah, they're just in like a three or four inch pot, not even. So um, so if you didn't want to do a fern or, I mean, and certainly at um, the store, you could get some help if you wanted to get some help because there's so many plants. I know we can't, we'd have to do a, other, uh, a whole other hour to tell you, but all the different plants. Oh, Oh, yeah. But just keep in mind that things that look like a bit more rainforesty are, are better, like the ferns and and the peperomias and the other things that have a lid, uh, more fragile, and things that like a succulent or a cacti that is a bit more um, you would need to water it a lot would be better in an open um, in an open container. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so many different amazing plants. Um, and remember too, you can have your plants in your terrarium that are highlight plants so you've got a you know a very bright indirect light or window or you know maybe you have a space that is in a little bit of a lower light you can still do a terrarium there as well again like your nerve plant uh, peperomias will take a little bit of a lower light your frosted ferns things like okay. your philodendrons or your jewel orchids so there's a good a way you know you, there's a good you know, highlight and low light right, right. type terrariums you can have. So if you don't have light, you're still in the game. So string of pearls and something like that, like there's the whole the, the whole variety of, of the string of pearls family, that yeah. would be more of a succulent, right? That you would do? That's more, yeah, that's a little bit more of a succulent. Some of the strings okay. of pearls I have seen, you know, string of turtles, string of pearls, string of yeah. dolphins, uh, creeping fig, that kind of thing. Yeah. They, they will work. Um, but they are a little bit more succulent. So just watching that watering and that, that okay. humidity level in there before they go. But they, they're a little bit more versatile than, than like just a strict cactus or 
right, a, a right. true succulent succulent and trail how would you handle trailing plants though like would you that just requires more maintenance where you're kind of going in there and kind of guiding them yeah so you might end up having to guide them um or if like again like the you know creeping fig or string of pearls as they kind of root as they go you might just kind of go and as they root cut them into little clips uh, mm-hmm. or little segments and cause them to break um, so breaking, meaning they take over themselves and they grow new stems or stimulated to grow new stems and, and kind of like make little groupings. Um, so yeah, you could, you could prune them. That might be a little bit more of the maintenance or again, if maybe that's kind of what you want as your ground cover, it's just a bunch of little heart shaped leaves. Maybe you just let them take over mm-hmm. uh, and do things in there as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. But that might be, if you don't like it like that, it's, it is more maintenance. Thing. Yeah. 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 Sharon wrote in and she's asking if, um, Oops, somebody just moved. Uh, she's thinking of starting a terrarium. And are kits, are there kits that are sold in stores good to start from? I thought there would be some kits, but I did not, I could not find some. So I think it's, um, yeah. part of me feels like yeah, it could be, and maybe Amazon, I, as much as I hate to re- recommend that, but um, I think part of the fun of the terrarium, though, is Sharon is fun, is the hunt of finding like the perfect container, and then and then the plants, and um, and like I said, if you you have uh, gravel around the house and soil, you know, already, like often you've got lots of that stuff, yeah. or you know somebody who does, and you can borrow a scoop because you don't need a ton of soil, right? You can just. No, um, it's really like just yeah cups at most yeah, yeah you can usually. just have to look for the probably the activated charcoal so uh, so yeah so for me it's it's the hunt that made it fun um but if there is a kit I, I definitely would love to know right um you know who used to have a kit was Fafard ah. um so they had like a terrarium kit and it was just like a little sealed 10 liter bag I don't know if they still have it I haven't seen it um or maybe the garden centers around me just don't carry it anymore. But yeah, it had uh, a little bit of sphagnum moss, a little bit of your potting mix, and I think a little bit of soil or, or sorry, stone and uh, charcoal in there as well. And it was just a little, like little four little pouches. So you kind of had like a basic start for just a small, uh, you know, just an average size tabletop kind of, kind of thing. So I'd have to look to see if they still have it, but they used to carry it. And it was okay. inexpensive, like 15 bucks. And you had a little yeah. bit of, little bit of everything yeah so, yeah it's great I agree with you though I like the search for that weird yeah cool yeah container. definitely um so after everything is planted up what how do we care for it so I think I might even be doing something wrong so do we just spray the water or can we pour the water in what do we do yeah so when we get into like putting our layer of or putting our soil in there i always like to add moisture to the soil already and i like to do this when i'm repotting um in general i'm going to add water to our dry soilless mixes and give it a good turn so that that water gets absorbed and i want it to almost to the point where if i grab a big fist and squeeze it just a couple drops come out and that's nice and moist. The, the soil in this mix has some water bonded to it. If it's a cactus or a succulent thing, that's a whole other story. We're just going to kind of water them directly as needed. It's going to be open anyways. Okay. So we've, got, we've started with some soil in there. But yeah, best to just basically uh, pour in some water. Um, 
if you need to, again, just with individual plants. Again, when you, as we get to the planting phase, you know, they should be evenly moist or just okay. moist enough to start already. But if we did have to add water, yeah, just pouring it in. My issue and my experience with the mist is, especially if you don't use something like a distilled uh, water or something that's been, you know, reverse osmosis kind of stuff where there's nothing in the water, you get the little water spots on the inside of your glass oh, when you yes. mist, right? Okay. And then the salts or if any fertilizer because mm -hmm. you need to feed it, get added in there. Then you have the added maintenance of now you're wiping and yeah. you disturb the leaves that's or you break point. something. Yeah, so I like to just just water it there with nice distilled water. Um, and then just a light synthetic fertilizer is good as well. We don't want to over fertilize. Okay. That's going to stimulate all the plant growth. And we're in a smaller confined space. Okay. So if we have small plants to start with, like a baby's tear or, you know, a mm -hmm. small, slower growing fern or something, um, that's okay. But if we have something like an arrowhead vine uh, as one of our larger, it's got that kind of big shield like leaf um, mm -hmm. and it's a vine, it's good for a taller plant but it might explode and start to okay. take over our space. So do you think like a liquid uh, fertilizer, like just like a 20-20-20, like you mix it in water and, and put it in? Yeah, like yeah. I think of the Schultz, you know, the dropper one. Literally what exactly what I was going to say. I use okay. my Schultz 10-15-10. Um, I would use it at like a half strength type thing. And then I would just water them, water them individually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When we get to the closed terrarium, Right, we're going to have the heat. It's going to be a little micro rainforest. We're going to see, if we see that we have uh, fog or water droplets on the inside of our glass, that means there's too much water sitting in the system. The humidity is really high um, and we want to vent it a little bit. So we want to okay. vent it so that we get a little bit of fog is okay, especially if we have it where you know a little bit of light touches it during mm -hmm. the day. It's a bright indirect and a little beam kind of hits it for half an hour. That's okay. Or if it warms up, we get a little bit of fog, but we don't want droplets forming on the inside and streaking down. That's oh. going to be a huge area for mildews and botrytis oh, okay. and things like that. Gray okay. molds and whatnot. Yeah. So if you do find that your terrarium gets drops, just vent it. Do it for like a half day, close it and see if it, it happens again. You may have to do it once or twice um over a couple of days just to make sure that you get it out of there okay yeah. okay interesting and if something goes wrong let's say some plants are done like you can basically take everything out wash it up and like kind of start over right like it's not the end of the world no goodness no you yeah. can this can change and grow and it's evolved like you were saying you had like one of the little mini phalaenopsis in yours yes it's out of bloom great maybe you have another one you want to pop out and pop plunk in yeah exactly for sure. Okay. So you can always you know, trial and error. You can always you know prune things. You can take things out. You can replace mm -hmm. them. Uh, if you found that you know I thought it was going to be okay, it said it was slower growing, but it's loving this condition. It's growing a little yes. faster. I don't want to really prune it. Pop it out and put someone else in there. Okay. For sure. That's sure. good. And I do want to say, too, that, um, you know, when I talked about the variety and the interest, you know, really make, paying attention to that, not just to fill it with things that all look the same. But you could also, if you want to do something like one really interesting plant, and then, you know, sometimes people collect, like on trips, they collect like um, driftwood or interesting pieces of bark that they find. Like you can also do that, right? Like you can also have, you know, we mentioned like the, the, the fairy gardens and you mentioned the little train set, but you can, I've also seen that like where it's been like, 
like one interesting plant and then just a couple of really interesting pieces of of wood or something organic, right? You don't want to put like metal poles in there or something like that, but you know, something more organic. So you, again, the, the ideas are endless and endless. you know, we can, we're going to, I'll post a few in our Facebook group. You can search on Pinterest or I'm sure just Google it, but I think it's something you can really have fun with. And I know Shane wrote in and asking about it, if this is a good project for kids. And we definitely think it is. Um, oh, and yeah. what is he saying? <laughs> what is the difference between indoor plants and terrariums? So really, Really, the terrarium is the container to hold those plants, um, Shane. Yeah. So it's just a different medium. Instead of having it just a standalone plant in a pot, which is fine. That's a house plant. But you can buy mini miniature, especially if the container is not super big, miniature house plants. But you're taking them now out of the pot and making them into like a, a, their own little rainforest, their own little enclosed container. Um, and it can be lidded or it can just be like a fishbowl where it's kind of almost enclosed, but the, just a little opening. And I always do these hand signs to you, right, Matt? It's as if the listeners can see us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as I described the the opening. So thank you, Shane, for always for listening and, and, uh, and great questions. And this has been, oh my gosh, we weren't sure we would get, we would have enough to talk about eh, during the show. Um, we were born and Gary, we might be finished early, but you guys love this topic. So I hope you do check out the stuff we post in our Facebook group. We really love to see you there. Um, and uh, yeah, in our last couple minutes, Matt. Um, oh, this is a cool question. We, Darlene's question about the name terrarium. How did it come about? What does it mean? Ooh, that's a good one, Darlene. You know what? I'd have to, to look. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I'm sure it's Terra meaning earth and Arium or Arium going to like a Greek or a Latin meaning like building or closure or vestibule. Like it's aquarium, right? Like I think it's kind of that same idea, right? Aquarium is for fish and aqua being is, water. Yeah. Arium yeah. or Arium. Yeah. 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 And Ron sent us a picture and he said this is mine. So it looks like a very cool, that is a very cool con container. Um, he's showed us a picture of his uh, terrarium. So that is great. So we're so glad you guys like this idea of this show. And uh, we can't wait to see you send us pictures uh, of uh, the ones that you've created. Uh, that's right. That's Don't worry, right. You could share your pictures. We'd love to see them at Down the Garden Path Podcast is our Facebook group. Um, you can post pictures. We can help you troubleshoot with terrariums and yes. your house plants yes. and your landscapes and stuff there. So we would love for you to join the group. Um, it is a private group just so we don't have lots of weird people coming in and out. And, or spam messages and stuff. Or spam messages. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It's a nice private gardening community. You can join and we'd love to see and, and have you share your pictures as well to all of our listeners. Yeah. And Bob asked an interesting question. We just have a minute for, but he says, can we grow a veggie plant in a terrarium bowl, et cetera? You know what? The first thing I think of and the only really one that I would think of is something like maybe a like a micro tomato if it was in a bigger one because they're only going to grow like eight to ten inches mm -hmm. tall and wide so if yeah. you had a, it would still be a medium-sized terrarium right um but even things like little beets or miniature carrots like they get so much green on them yeah and they're just so weeping and arching that you're going to get glass issues and yeah so i think it'd be hard to do bob yeah. for sure for maybe sure. hank can do it in his larger uh, yes, tank, for, tank, yeah, larger tank, tank for sure, for <laughs> sure. 
Um, but that's good. But yeah, I think it's great for kids. I think it'd make a great gift. I think almost like our amaryllis, you can give somebody the gift and like all the pieces and have them do put it together. Right. Yeah. I think of like a senior at home who needs something to do, or you can do it for them and have them have them, uh, you know, take care of it. So I think a lot of ways you can go there. And so we want to thank you guys. And uh, do we want to talk a bit about YouTube that you can find now we know you can listen to us here live on reality radio 101. But you and you can download our podcast later in the week as well on your favorite podcast app. But now you can also listen to us on YouTube. That's right. Maybe you don't listen to podcasts on your phone, but I think almost everybody watches videos or clips or TV on YouTube. Uh, so we've moved there as well. So youtube.com slash down the garden path podcast. Uh, all of the episodes like tonight's, uh, once we publish it on our podcast provider, providers, it'll automatically go there with all the show notes as well. And we're working on just making sure we migrate all of the past episodes mm. up there with all those show notes as well. So maybe if you're new or new listener or a longtime listener and, uh, you know, you haven't found all of them on your favorite podcast provider or this is your main space, we have a new, very easy, everybody can use YouTube, just an easy mm -hmm. medium for you to interact, leave comments, likes and shares uh, through YouTube. So we'll be looking for you all there as well. And lots of views are already starting to uh, slowly come in. We've only done it for a couple of weeks. So yeah, we cool. hope to see you there as well. Well, and Patreon. Yes, yeah, so, oh, thank you. Yeah, so we also have Patreon, right? We had a couple of people asking how they might be able to support the podcast. Um, we do try to keep it uh, commercial free, um, but you know, people like to support us and you know buy us kind of a coffee and say thank you or share their appreciation. Uh, so we do have our Patreon account again. Our handle there is Down the Garden Path Podcast. Uh, so you can buy us a coffee. We also have another tiered reward where you can sign up and subscribe for ten bucks. And uh, every um, after our month in the garden at the end of the month, we'll do a live Zoom call and we can talk and you can see us and answer your questions and share stuff as well. So you can interact yeah. with us behind the scenes. That's right. Design questions or anything like that. So um, keep that in mind and check us out on Patreon. That's right. Until next week, everyone have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path here on Reality Radio 101. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.